You're listening to Diplomatic Dispatch, brought to you by Idea Farm Malaysia. Get updates on our upcoming episodes and programs via our website at www.ideafar.gov.my or follow us on our social media at Ideafar Malaysia. Established in 1991, the Institute of Diplomacy and Foreign Relations, IDFR, has tirelessly undertaken a multitude of training initiatives aimed at shaping the next generation of diplomats in representing Malaysia's interests on the international stage. Within the realm of diplomacy, international relations, soft skills, strategic analysis, crisis management, and foreign languages, IDFR provides invaluable diplomatic training. These training sessions encompass a diverse range of activities, including policy analysis and research programs, networking and collaboration opportunities for diplomats, and the cultivation of language proficiency, effective communication, cultural sensitivity, and diplomatic etiquette among junior diplomats. Equipping Malaysia's future diplomats with the essential skills and knowledge across various disciplines has always been a critical aspect of IDFR's training approach. The Institute's curriculum is continuously evolving to address contemporary global issues. While unforeseen circumstances and global transformations may lie beyond our control, the receptive attitude displayed by diplomats reflects their mature and thoughtful perspectives. With an unwavering commitment to adaptability, IDFR remains poised to tailor its curriculum to the ever-changing dynamics of our complex world, effectively preparing Malaysia's representatives for the global stage. With that, let us hear from the Director General of IDFR herself, Ambassador Dr. Shazilina Zainul Abidin. Good morning. Uh, thank you for joining us on the latest edition of Diplomatic Dispatch. Uh, my name is Aimee Rafiq, and today we are pleased to have with us uh, Ambassador Dr. Shazilina Zainul Abidin, who will be shedding light on the role of the Institute of Diplomacy and Foreign Relations, IDFR, in shaping the next generation of diplomats. Thank you very much for being with us today, Dr. Jazlina. Thank you very much, Aimee and team for having me. Uh, I must say that this is a, a singular honour because uh, normally IDFR is not on our own diplomatic dispatch. Uh, perhaps you could share some insights on how it contributes in the development mm -hmm. of uh, our future diplomats okay. and perhaps, perhaps um, touch on the advantages perhaps on the programs. Oh, of, uh, of the programs. Of the programs. Of IDFR as well. Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you, Amir. Um, now, you are uh, one of our participants for the Diploma in Diplomacy program for this year, for 2023. So you would uh, know firsthand um, what kind of programs we have. But just for our listeners, um, IDFR is the only training arm uh, of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs Malaysia only has two agencies uh, right now, uh, which is one is uh, IDFR and the other one is uh, the Regional Centre for Counterterrorism. 
Um, so IDFR has a niche. It's the only uh, diplomatic training institute in Malaysia. Uh, and we are acknowledged as such. So anyone who wants to learn about diplomacy, about soft skills, about diplomatic um, subjects, this is where you come. Um, so we do uh, training not only for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, officers, but also for officers from other agencies who are about to, grow, to go abroad. Uh, and also international participants who want to learn about diplomacy. So it's it's unique. IDFR is unique because it's uh, it had occupies a niche. Um, in in some cases, we would call it a monopoly, which is a good thing. Perhaps uh, if you could shed some light on the um, unique features, I would say, because I think you've mentioned yeah. that. The unique oh, features. Yes. Um, well, I've I've spoken about the subject matters. Okay, some of the subject matters that we do have uh, include, of course, negotiations, which is a very um, important component of diplomacy of uh, for diplomats. Uh, we also have you know soft skills like fine dining, etiquette, grooming, um, those things. But also the more uh, what we call the more serious subjects. We talk about human rights. We talk about Malaysia's direction in uh, um, uh, in certain regions, like for example, uh, where are we going with our relations in Africa? Uh, what is the role that ASEAN plays uh, for Malaysia, or what role can Malaysia play within ASEAN? Um, so, core subjects of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs are also discussed here, and that's because IDFR is also somewhat of a uh, research arm think tank of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Now, um, if I could put that aside and let's talk about the infrastructure itself. Now, IDFR is situated right smack in the middle of Kuala Lumpur. We'd like to say that we're right smack in the middle of Kuala Lumpur. We're, we're a little bit off uh, the Golden Triangle, but still close enough. Um, it's the, the iconic building is uh, the first home of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And it was the... Um, residence, the official residence of Tunku Abdul Rahman Putra Al-Hajj when he became chief minister in 1955. So because of that, we're particularly proud of the institute itself, the building, and also, of course, of the uh, people who come and attend our courses. Thank and we you. hope many more will come. We're, we're, we're stretched to the brim right now, uh, <laughs> but we're still hoping people will come. Of course, definitely. I think, And, I've, and I think you've mentioned um, that, of course, as uh, the, the participants of the Diploma in Diplomacy, we know firsthand. Which is uh, our flagship program. Of course. It's, it's, it's your, what do they call it? Uh, your rite of passage. Uh, before we progress further on. Before you go for your posting. Of course. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> as, as equally as important as it is, yeah. um, uh, perhaps uh, being one of the participants, we've learned how important the, the Institute has been and how instrumental it has been and also yourself, Dr. Shazlina, uh, since becoming the Director General, uh, I still remember on the first day we came in. When I scared you. Uh, I would like <laughs> to put it that way, uh, but for the benefit of our listeners, uh -huh. to be more ins an inspiring figure. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a very diplomatic way of saying it. Actually, for the listeners, I, I told them, uh, I told the, the um, uh, junior diplomats that um, as soon as they step foot into IDFR, uh, we own them body and soul and heart and mind. So uh, there was no running away from us. For four months. For four months, <laughs> yes. They were ours. 
Yes, and I think uh, being right now at this point um, of the recording, we mm-hmm. are already halfway through. Yeah. And I would say the participants have learned a great deal. Um, and also just for the benefit of our, of our listeners, uh, we've concluded the Defending of National Interest module. Yesterday. You, you, know, you know that the Defending the National Interest is of uh, particular importance to a lot of people out there. Um, it was introduced in 2006. Um, and it's the only one that actually grills you. Uh, we, we, we do a simulation uh, of a media press conference um, and we put each and every one of you, you know this. You're, you're, I, I saw the relief faces on your faces as soon as you were done. So you were up there uh, trying to defend a particular subject, a particular uh, facet of Malaysia's uh, national interest. And you had a group of what five panelists? Yes, uh, five, five media persons who were grilling you left, right, and center. Center. Yes. I think yeah, most of us. I think I would say I speak for everyone. We've learned firsthand how how tough that is, but it's also a very good opportunity to to learn from experience, of mm-hmm. course, rather than uh, reading out from uh, yep. textbook. And and uh, nothing will prepare you for when you have to be abroad, but hopefully this gives you a glimpse into. Uh, what you need to do. I wish we had had this when I was a junior diplomat because in 1996, we didn't have this. Um, so uh, we had to come back to IDFR uh, and do specialized courses. I, I went through this particular defending your national interest uh, with a consultant uh, and that was in 2000 and in the year 2000. So it was it was particularly difficult for IDFR, so we're glad to have to uh, to have introduced it as a regular feature of the DID program. Yes, of course. I think uh, just just building on what mm-hmm. you've mentioned, Dr. Jaslina, you've mentioned that uh, it's a changing module, particularly mm-hmm. in the diploma and diplomacy. Oh, it changes all the time. Of course, uh, yeah, we we have to keep up with the times, and you know, diplomacy is never static. Of course. And also not not limiting to the context of uh, the the pro- program of diploma and diplomacy, but of course I believe the programs uh, that IDFR um, offers. And in your view, as the director general, ever since you've uh, took taken the, over the helm, taken over the helm, or got thrust into it, uh, okay. one way of putting it. Yes. Uh, what initiatives uh, have you uh, personally? put forth in, oh, okay. in, in advancing the, the cause of this? Interesting question. Uh, this diplomatic dispatch, for one. Uh, we didn't have a podcast and we realized that no other government agency had had its own serial podcast. So um, Corporate Affairs uh, rose to the challenge and established this. We're now on our, I think this is this would be episode 22. 22 yes. Yeah. So uh, we have a very good listener base. Um, that's one, the Diplomatic Dispatch, which is the podcast. The second is we realized that when you are a foreign diplomat here in Malaysia, what happens is that you are just thrust into Malaysia's complex cultural um, you know, scenario. So we've introduced what some other countries, some other developed countries have done, which is kind of um, um, a first, first-hand look at how to work in a particular country. So we've introduced the uh, Malaysian Cultural Identity Course, uh, MCI, which is only for foreign diplomats. We're always oversubscribed. We can only run it about two or three times a year. Um, and uh, that is one of our the things that we are particularly proud of. We expose them to why people are called 
the ATO and not the ATUK. Simple things like that. Or why, if you are invited to someone's house, if there are so many shoes outside, please open your shoes as well and before you go in. Uh, and more, uh, more serious things like if you were uh, trying to get in touch with somebody from the Ministry of Education, which division do you go to? Um, how does MDEC work with the Ministry of International Trade and its parent uh, parent ministry? So all those things are important things for the for the for the new diplomat who arrives here. That's the second thing. The third one that we this one is not a new one. It's uh, something that we reintroduced because we've had problems. Um, you know. Uh, the world is no longer the same. We have so many conflicts and so many um, times that we've had to run from missions. Um, Sudan was the most recent, but we've also run from Pyongyang. We've also had to um, desert um, conflict areas, uh, conflict countries. And we realized that we don't have a very good crisis management um, module. Oh, we used to have one when I was uh, studying here, uh, so we've reintroduced that um, after 20 years. So we've reintroduced the crisis management and crisis preparedness course. Um, that's the third one. Uh, in terms of publication, I'm happy uh, to say that we have a number of publications coming up. But the one that I'm particularly happy with uh, is the, our foreign relations magazine. IDFR had um, a journal of diplomacy and foreign relations, which was becoming very academic. And, you know, mm. we don't have the time or the luxury to read really, really long academic pieces. Um, so we've, we've changed the format. We've introduced Foreign Relations Magazine, which is much more, I would say, palatable, mm -hmm. for, um, digestible for, um, for those in the foreign policy field. Um, and it's less academic. It's more of an influencer base. So we've had former foreign minister come in and talk about a subject. Uh, and these are all written things. So it's it's um, for us to keep. So a number of initiatives. Yeah. I can go on, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure if we, we have uh, time whole morning, yes. we could go through uh, everything else that you've, uh, probably you have in mind right now. The oh, million and one things. Million and one things, yes. of course. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I always say ideas are, are free. Um, uh, not every idea will pan out. So out of 10 things, maybe about three. And I'm happy enough. We, if we can get three things off the ground, at least it's a, it's a step in the right direction. If we don't have ideas, you don't innovate, then uh, you know we're going to be static and we're going to be left behind. I agree. I, I, I completely agree with that. That's Great. You have no choice but to agree. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think just uh, put, getting back, so we've touched mm -hmm. on, on the infrastructure. You've mentioned how IDFI is, is situated in smack right in the middle of Kuala Lumpur. You've talked about some of the programs and initiatives yes. that IDFR has offered and also your involvement firsthand in, in making it a progressive mm -hmm. um, uh, effort. What about, let's talk about perhaps the diplomats themselves. What would you consider the criteria of oh. a diplomat? Because I, I'm sure being um, a diplomat yourself with uh, years of experience in multiple okay, states. Okay, I, I really have to start with a caveat. Sure. Um, it's easy to comment and observe, not so easy to actually do. So uh, my comments will be not because I am good at it, but because I hope to be, uh, you know, these are things that I aspire to be. So these are uh, 
uh, traits that diplomats should have. First of all, I think a thirst for knowledge. The, the, we've always likened um, uh, the diplomatic mind to that of a sponge. You need to be a sponge, really soaking in everything. And um, the geopolitics, um, what it is now, it means that today, the diplomat of today has to be um, very uh, au fait in the subject of perhaps nuclear, uh, nuclear fusion uh, today, tomorrow on Malaysia as an educational hub, the next day, uh, tourism activities. So, you know, there's the whole gamut of subjects are there. And you need to be the Professor Google of the diplomatic world, unfortunately. Um, so the thirst of knowledge is important. The second criteria that uh, um, a diplomat should have, and this is related to the first one, is the curiosity, uh, the curious mind, the the feeling of wanting to know everything. And that will be the drive that propels you to learn as much as you can about a, a particular subject. We don't expect our diplomats to be, uh, we don't expect any diplomat or any person to be ex an expert in every single field, but at least touch the surface of everything, jack of all trades. Not really master of none, but maybe master of only a few. We'll keep it at jack of all trades. Yes. That's a good thing. Um, the third thing, uh, and I'm sure some of my seniors are not going to be very happy with me, um, is this idea that diplomats uh, should not know their place. We always have that saying in the ministry that you must know your station in life. Okay, which is which is a great thing. We understand that uh, you know hierarchical uh, organizations such as uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is good. We we know our station in life. Uh, we're probably at the packing uh, the 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 lowest rung of the uh, packing order or the lowest rung of the food chain. It's fine. So when you're talking to your boss, your supervisor, you need to know your station in life. But as a diplomat, when you're abroad, you must not know your place. I've, I've uh, benefited from that in a big way. Just because it was pure ignorance, um, I did not know that a second secretary should not go and see a chief of staff of the US Congress. I thought, well, it's an American society. There's no, no casta system, no case system, no hierarchy. So let's just go and try my luck. And I was very lucky because I managed to get a, a number of friends who were chiefs of staff. Um, and that's, that came about because I didn't know my station in life. Um, I didn't know my place. So when it comes to diplomacy, you must, you, the diplomat, shouldn't be too conscious of um, you know, where they are, of knowing their place, because you have to remember that you are doing this for king and country. You are doing this because of the national interest. If you're too scared to go out and meet people because that person is not of the same, you know, of the same level that you are, then we've lost an opportunity. So if you're the only person uh, representing Malaysia and you're the second secretary, you're the third secretary, um, and everybody else is an ambassador in the room, so what? As long as you can hold your own, well and good. Sure. Uh, I think just, just to echo what you've mentioned in your last statement, Dr. Shazina, it's getting things done. Yes. Especially yeah. when... Oh, I'm glad you were listening. Of course. <laughs> 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 yeah, but no, I, I, I'm a great believer in getting things done. Uh, I will reach out to just any Tom, Dick or Harry yeah. uh, in order to get something done. 
Yeah, especially when we're put in in such a situation where we we are the only ones left. Yes. Um, the only man standing. Of course. Yeah. And I, I believe that uh, for in, in the foreign ministry, uh, mm-hmm. each and every one of us would go through at least from from what we've been told from experience of our seniors that we are going to be put in situations where we are the only one left at the helm yeah. steering the yeah. embassy. Uh, in- But it's also particularly interesting that you've mentioned how you wanted to get things done and given the situation you were in, uh, what were the motivations aside from the drive to get things done uh, in pushing you to to just push your way through and making sure that you deliver? Oh, time. I've uh, I've always believed that time is our biggest enemy. Um, uh, it's, it's this idea that if you don't do it today, Uh, you might not have the opportunity to do it tomorrow. So, um, my father passed away when he was 51, which is exactly the same age I am. Um, so, I I want to get things done quickly so that I leave a legacy because um, you you might not have that opportunity. So, it's it's just that drive that um, that pushes me, for me personally. I'm sure other people have other other things that they're, they're looking for, the um, for a, a big name or... Uh, big way of doing things but for me it's all this time i just need to get it done i agree full-heartedly yeah. i do agree but also um i mean talking about the subject of diplomats and and of course the the topic today is uh inspiring future young diplomats um throughout your career what uh, perhaps uh, insights would you give uh, that ties in with the training course and making it uh, better suited for mm-hmm. our junior diplomats considering the fact that the ever-changing landscape of geopolitics, mm. the issues that evolve as we progress in time. What's in Okay, I can't speak for other director generals, but for me personally, um, I found two things uh, valuable. First is listening and listening well. So I listen not only to the what the ministry wants, but also to what the, the senior ambassadors, the ones who have retired, what they say. I, I reach out all the time to our senior ambassadors Uh, we have lunches or dinners, you know, and we discuss um, things that are needed, not only in IDFR, but um, the ministry as a whole. Uh, very, very santai, very relaxed uh, discussions, though. That's the first thing. The second thing is observation. So um, when you go out and see other people really fighting for their country, the Cuban diplomats are really good at that. And because it's it's not because they're coordinate or or anything, it they are heavily under sanctions, but it's because of the way that they were brought up to fight for what they believe in. Um, so um, that is the kind of thing that we wanted to bring to uh, our junior diplomats that you have this passion, that you have this this drive to be the best. So it's the observation of what is needed uh, for our junior diplomats. Okay, so cool. it's just listening, listening well, and Absolutely. observing um, uh, others. Before we stray off topic, okay. I would just like to just ask uh, perhaps yeah. what are in the pipeline for IDFR for the future? I think we're approaching, we are already at the midway point for 2023. And uh, that's, are, there, are there any exciting things? Oh, lots and lots of exciting things. Uh, if I could, I may. The, uh, we've, last year, we um, IDFR managed to pull off about 120 activities, which was already a milestone for us. Uh, we're not resting on our laurels, so we're, we're uh, forging ahead. Of course, we're going to go on with our Distinguished Lecture Series. Mm. Um, 
we were looking at a few others and unfortunately we have i think uh, already four in the pipeline i'm i'm hoping that we don't get all four speakers uh normally idfr does two and then one royal address this year we seem to be you know a little bit heavy by uh with requests uh so we seem to have four people who want to speak four, four very distinguished people who want to speak and one royal address so that's quite a lot on idfr's plate also sometimes we do things on the fly that means we do things as and when is needed uh when we see something and we think oh that's a great idea let's let's change that a bit and suit it to idfr's purpose and push that and that's how my team works as well uh i think to the to the to the part of um what idfr has to offer mm-hmm. and how idfr is moving for the future we've um, read and we've been told that uh, idfr plans to have uh, renovations to its infrastructure oh you mean you mean literally moving to the future literally moving <laughs> to the future uh, okay. w- would that have any impact impact no in, um in future? our delivery mm. in our de- uh, in idfr's delivery no um because once we plan it correctly what's going to happen is the administrative staff will move um the lectures the talks the programs modules will all continue except that it will be moved um to a different venue so we've already started anyway we've we've had some programs in hotels um 100% in hotels that means from from day 1 that you come in until the last day you are at the hotel you don't even see idfr so it works if uh we only need a physical space for those who are doing um administrative things people like me uh people like the the clerks who need to get their paperwork done that's it um and so it should not disrupt the delivery system of idfr in fact um once we move we should be uh even you know um, going full steam ahead because we we're not constrained by space anymore we we have the whole kuala lumpur the whole lembah klang the whole klang valley to figure things out so hopefully um idfr will be able to move very well into the future and then when we come back uh, that's going to be the next problem coming back to a building um so that will be hopefully a uh, a problem for the next director general <laughs> because we are not expected to come back until 2026 oh. that's by by very conservative estimates and you know how contractors work we probably won't need to indulge further into yes, that yes you would you would all have gone for your postings by then so it's okay we'll look from afar wish them well <laughs> that's about it i think on on that note um we've we've covered a, re- a wide range of topics a wide array of topics uh, on idfr how it's progressed what the infrastructures are and how the programs are um i think on that note Thank you very much. Dr. You're very Shastina. welcome and I'm very honored again to be on Diplomatic Dispatch for the first time. Uh this time promoting IDFR. Yes, yes. Uh it was it was a good idea for you to have a Diplomatic Dispatch uh, episode um on IDFR. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you very much Dr. Shazina. We'll be hearing more from you soon perhaps Inshallah. in a different uh, hopefully in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> Thank you very much Dr. Shazina for having us. Tune in for more episodes of the IDFR podcast Diplomatic Dispatch. Thank you for listening.